How's it going, guys? Welcome back to episode three of the Noobs Podcast. Uh, our guest today is going to be the king of Solana NFTs himself, Knox. Introduce yourself, man. Hey, so uh, my name is Knox. I am known on Twitter as Knox Trades, um, and I have been in Solana since the early days of Solana. Uh, I've gotten, I've, I've become known for being involved in the NFT space, though. Uh, I'm pretty active in all aspects of Solana, whether that's DeFi development or whatever. So uh, really stoked to be here. Uh, been following Chuck for a long time, um, since before we worked together. And <laughs> it's really cool to get together and hang out. Yeah, we are stoked to have you on today, Knox, because mm -hmm. I mean, first of all, you're not just, I mean, a Solana guy. I mean, that's that's what you've been like. That's your passion project. And I've been following your your other Twitter account, your your main one, your data Knox thing is all about IT, which is where we kind of started our journey together. Uh, me and Knox both worked at CBT Nuggets. You still work there, I believe, right? Kind of. It's tricky. So um, the, the blockchain and crypto stuff can't actually fall under CBT Nuggets arm because of their investors and everything. So uh, the owner of the company has effectively a separate training company dedicated to just crypto and blockchain. And that's where my new content is actually going. Interesting. So you're actually going to be making some blockchain content, teaching people how to do some blockchain stuff. And I guess just general education on what the junk is the stuff. Yeah, exactly. So that's actually like uh, my first block of content is like why you should care about Web3 and how we're like at the precipice of this entirely new revolution uh, with what Web3 is and how it's about to change the world. Uh, you know, what we say in crypto a lot is that we are so early and this kind of reinforces that concept as to how early we are. And then it kind of like eases people into developing on Solana um, and not just like creating what they call programs, what other blockchains call smart contracts, mm -hmm. but really just how do you interact with the blockchain from the front end uh, just to do some basic tasks. And we end up going all the way, you know, to the very end of doing like the really, really hard stuff too. So, okay. So I guess for those who aren't aware, what is the big push from Web 2 to Web 3? Like, Actually, what? real quick, let, let me let me uh, give a quick outline for what I want to talk about, and I, you can interject here. Mm -hmm. um, so first, we're definitely going to dig into like, okay, what the junker NFTs? Yeah. Why is this Web 3 thing so big? Yeah. Um, why is everyone, Why is it such a a um, polarizing? Polar? Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. A polarizing <laughs> thing. I mean, you talk about NFTs, half the audience yeah. hates you. They burn yeah. you. Like they're like unsubscribe, hate you now. The other half yeah. is like, all right, I want to see more of that. And uh, so we'll get into all that. And also, I want to get into your kind of your origin story a little bit. Like, how did you? get in like I, I know i know you're part of your story i want to get into that because like you have a fascinating it story as well as um why that drove you into nfts not that that yeah. might be the reason but i think it probably is like you have a a, a financial background i believe and i yeah. I, I imagine that really leads into like a finance and tech that's the perfect marriage right mm -hmm. <laughs> that, that, that is that's pretty much it um i mean my background is i, I got my degree in econ in 2008 which was the worst possible time to get an econ degree because it's in the <laughs> middle of the great recession um but i i knew a lot about and i interned at merrill lynch before they imploded and let everybody go I interned at Financial Planning Association. So I learned a lot about financial products. I even was a, a commercial insurance agent for five years. So I sold like workers' comp and stuff like that. Um, but I learned a lot about like advanced financial products, um, like options, derivatives, and foreign exchange. So you so, know all the stuff that I like, 
I tear my hair out trying to understand what I'm giving you. Mm-hmm. Like the crypto tech, I can like I can wrap my head around that. But it's when you drink, bring in traditional finance with that, I'm like, oh crap! I gotta go research it, this now. I gotta go mm-hmm. learn it. <laughs> yeah. And that's why DeFi was so fascinating to me. It kind of was like you know instead of putting your money in banks, just be the bank. Um, and instead of you know paying E-Trade to do contract stuff for you, uh, just write your own. <laughs> and uh, it's it's just as simple as a couple clicks. And that's what really attracted me into to crypto and blockchain and this this recent wave of Web3 and DeFi. So real quick for our audience, and I know I'm asking you to like explain something very, very complex that you have, by the way, videos on, on your channel explaining Web3, NFTs, and just in depth, and you do a lot of stuff. But like real quick, if you had to explain it to my grandma, what's an NFT, <laughs> what would you say? So it, the, the real answer to that is actually to start off with what is Web3 and why is it such a big deal? Yeah, um, and I will see, like on Twitter, I will see so many people go, Web3 is just stupid. It doesn't mean anything. It's all it's all yeah. this and that. And I'm like, I, I'm a believer in it. And um, Yeah, well, I mean, all it takes is using it for like 10 minutes. And then you realize, <laughs> oh, this is better. <laughs> like, um, so, I mean, instead, so with, you know, with Web, it's, it's the evolution of the Web. With Web1, we connected people to information. This is when people created their own websites and they typed up information on a website. So now people could go online and get information. That was the, the first iteration of the web, web 1.0. With web 2.0, we ushered in social media, which was connecting people to other people. And the dissemination of information happened much, much, much quicker now because of things like, well, it was the facebook.com in 2004, then it became <laughs> Facebook and then Twitter and then Instagram. And now TikTok is kind of this big thing that you know we're all using. Uh, to share information, whatever that information may be. What the, the barrier, though, is that now that people are together, how can we interact in such a way that could also free up what we say is the mobility of capital, or basically a way where I could have a transaction between me and this person that I'm already interacting with without having to go through some sort of intermediary, without having to go through, without having to um do a, a foreign exchange so maybe i have found someone in australia that i want to do some sort of transaction with uh because we're, we're very easy to connect people together now um where web3 comes in is now with blockchain and not so much cryptocurrency but with blockchain mm-hmm. we now have the ability to uh transact instantaneously with anyone around the world with a shared currency uh, and the the way that this has kind of evolved in a very short amount of time is now with websites, uh, instead of typing in your username and password, you literally just connect your crypto wallet. You just click a button. Mm-hmm. And that identifies you even anonymously on the internet. And uh, it also hooks you into the blockchain. So whenever you're ready to buy something, you just click buy. And that transaction happens between two direct parties instead of going through all of these intermediaries. So basically why Web3 is a humongous revolution is it is tearing down all of these financial walls that separated us, all of these borders. It becomes borderless uh, transactions is the best way to put it. And that is, uh, I mean, throwing in all of these additional products like NFTs and like DeFi, 
the ability to do all of these things instantly around the world with one shared currency. It's just, I mean, there's a reason why these blockchains are now worth billions upon billions upon billions of dollars and metaverse is becoming a, you know, what did they say? It was an $800 billion industry in the next three years. Yeah. Um, and we should definitely get more into that. Cause I know I've, first of all, guys, just so you just give you background on Knox. Like this guy is an IT god. He studies and gets certifications faster than I can possibly imagine. Also creating content faster than I can even blink <laughs> for every one video I make you, but you make about 40 and that's not like, I'm probably not exaggerating on that. Um, <laughs> But also, you have an extensive NFT collection, like an embarrassingly yeah. amazing <laughs> NFT collection. Like, I'll look at your, what is it? You have it in um, Solstead. 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 Yeah. Solstead. Yeah. Solstead. And like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, there's some, there's some uh, um, Solana 8 or was it or D- like, DJ like, Ape like Academy? Five, yeah. five, five DJ Apes. Uh, do, do you have one of the, the shadowy super coders? I, I have a few of those. Oh, I, I remember also, you investing in those, yeah. And, and I just spun up a shadow node. Um, a couple weeks ago. So I actually, I'm in the alpha program. I'm running a server that is running in the shadow RPC uh, environment. Okay. We're going to definitely get into yeah, like, yeah, the, it's, the, it's, the, it's the projects that you're excited about. And then we'll dive into like kind of the tech behind that. And then maybe like behind the scenes, you and I will talk more about that. Cause I bet that's something you're going to want to do. <laughs> yeah, definitely sounds yeah. like that. And we'll let the audience decide if they want to see content on that, because mm-hmm. I know again, it's very polarizing, but at the same time, I mean, it's polarizing because let, let's, let's dive into that. So NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. The, the reason they're so polarizing is because I think the bad press on it and a lot of the bad actors who have been promoting just the, yep. the JPEG stuff. So first of all, what's an NFT? And I guess maybe dive into what's an NFT to you. So the NFT is the hardest thing in the, in, in the universe to describe because it's not so much about what it is. It's about how you use it. Mm. And um, there are there is a lot of negative press out there about NFTs and a lot of it is deserved because there are people out there which is true with anything, especially in crypto, but there are people out there who are advertising, I'm launching this entirely new humongous project. It's going to be funded. We're doing our initial seed round, basically crowdfunding, but we're doing it by selling NFTs. They collect all the money and then they disappear. Yeah, Total ooh. scams. The, they call it the, the rug pool, right? The, the, yeah, rug, the pool. rug pool. <laughs> you say I got rugged. Um, and, and that's just, but that has been... You like that's been part of business since the beginning of time, uh, and that's been a part of blockchain since really the ICO days in 2017. So that's not new. Um, but I, I really I can't understand why people get so upset about seeing a JPEG as a as a picture because uh, the the evolution of NFTs is so fascinating. It you it was originally an idea where an artist makes digital artwork and it was challenging for a digital artist to make money because of what you hear right click save as mm. so like it, they could upload it and say like you can buy my jpeg for you know a hundred dollars but you the person there could right click and save it as and you're like why do i need to buy it well the thing about artwork is that when you buy an, a physical piece of artwork like you are you can prove that you're the physical owner of that artwork because it's the only one that exists it's like buying a picasso right mm-hmm well, with digital artwork, that hasn't been a thing until the blockchain came along. So now the verified creator, the verified artist, they've gone through some process to verify that they are the artist. They can create a, a token, basically a coin of their own on the blockchain that points to their artwork. It says that this is the only token that represents the ownership of that artwork. So now when you buy that token, you are the verified owner of that piece of artwork. And that's where it got... 
Well, Rich, right, right there, I think it brings up one of the biggest like things people have with this. The big hang-up is that, yes, the token points to the artwork, but yeah, that artwork is, is not, not the, on the blockchain. Yeah. No, that that artwork is typically on like just a file hosting service like AWS S3, or more popularly in crypto, something called Arweave. Right, and it's just like it's just metadata, right? It's a URL that can be manipulated and changed. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's it. it it's literally a, a JSON file that has and one of the the attributes especially in solana is like link and it points to the the, the png file mm. so um and and that's it uh but when you own that token you own all of the intellectual property of that that jpeg file so that's why it gets start it starts to get interesting then comes along something called generative collections which is really really cool mm -hmm. Uh, and this is what you this is what you're actually seeing when you see people who have the avatar on Twitter with the like it's an animal usually. Um, mm. So what that actually the way this is really cool that it works is um, an artist draws a base layer, just an outline of a body, and then they add hundreds of different little attributes to it. So maybe diff like 17 different kinds of glasses or 17 different kinds of hats, and then they export every single attribute individually and then run it through a program, and it literally just randomly grabs these attributes and puts together a collection. So after it's all said and done, like they can have 10,000 images because of all the possible combinations of attributes they have. And that's what they do. They go sell these 10,000 attributes. Well, what ended up happening is people ended up buying these collections of artwork, or you know, individuals would come along and buy one of these 10,000, and it sort of formed cliques. It formed social groups and social gatherings. And these became really, really, really popular. So like-minded people would get together and say, okay, I think we're all going to go buy these apes or these monkeys or these giraffes or whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's how we'll represent our group to come together. And that became a very, very popular thing with the Board Ape Yacht Club. Uh, yeah. So they were, they, I mean, CryptoPunks was the first one to do it with that those 8-bit, pixelated mm -hmm. faces but mm -hmm. board apes mastered it uh and that's why the board ape floor the cheapest you can get one today is around two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. goodness yeah. gracious and i have to admit like that whole concept of the gener generative i can never say that right um art where it just randomly computer generated attributes thrown out there and then the communities behind that that was confusing to me yeah. so when i when i found your like i was um i, I follow you on data knox your your main twitter handle and then i saw uh what's your other your your nft knox handle? trades knox, knox trades. trades i saw that come up and i'm like wait is knox into nfts let me mm -hmm. let me go follow him <laughs> and i saw you interacting with all these communities and i'm like what is this this is the <laughs> most weird confusing i don't so i spent like two weeks just like researching the the landscape of this and what you're explaining now makes total sense to me now but back then i was like why are these people doing this like why, why are <laughs> yeah. they getting so excited why what's all this language the the all the all the terms like the gm like gm everyone what <laughs> what, does, what does that mean <laughs> it is it is definitely a subculture of twitter uh that's become a very very popular thing especially in solana um, but yeah, so I mean, the, I think the, the part that gets people's endorphins going about it is the whole rarity aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So the, when they generate all this art, it's actually just an open source program called Hashlips. Um, and it's very easy to use. But hash when lips. you Hashlips, like <laughs> I with love your, the name face. Yeah, so it's, <laughs> it's really easy to use. Um, I recorded some content on it. And honestly, like you could go from just having raw art to a full-blown NFT collection in probably a half an hour because Solana tooling has gotten so good. But 
with hash lips, you can go in and say like, oh, you know what? I really like this hat. So I want this hat to be more valuable than the others, like when mm. it goes to the market. So you can actually add a rarity aspect to it and say like, you know, for every hundred that get generated, I only want to generate one with this attribute. So when people come to buy their artwork, they actually don't know which one they're getting. And they're kind of rolling the dice. It's kind of like opening Pokemon cards mm -hmm. and hoping that you get, you know, the holographic rare. Uh, so when they buy their NFT, it gets dropped in their wallet and they finally get to see which one they, they bought, which one got generated for them. Um, and so there's this big endorphin rush that people go through by buying NFTs. Uh, but instead of a, you know, a $5 Pokemon card, it's usually like a $300 mint. <laughs> so it's, a, it's a very rich lotto ticket. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, that's that I, people get like a real kick out of trying to, to, to buy a rare NFT, get it generated so, and drop. Yeah. Oh, and we, me and Cameron had one of those no, moments. We, we did that with, uh, what was it? The, the neighborhood? Oh, soul neighborhood. Oh um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I those. Yeah. Yeah. So we mm -hmm. we were in on the I think it, not not the pre mint, but like the the main. No, no, we, mint. we were in the last mint. Oh, the last the mint. The final mint. And like the excitement of that was so fun. Like we get in there, we're like, okay, we gotta be quick. We ready? The countdowns be like three, two, mm -hmm. one. We're like, bye, bye, bye. And sold out in like less than two minutes. Yeah, sold out yep. less than two minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, we did it, Cameron. We're rich now. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, the recent dip, which we can talk about, um, and what you think the future is. But that that mentality, I totally get. I'm like, I was like, I'm addicted. I, I was I was giddy. Yeah. I felt like mm -hmm. I was pulling slots on a slot machine. Yep, yep. I feel like I won the scratch off. Yeah, I was. Yep. Mm. But that's interesting about the thing you're saying about hash lips. I'm assuming they use that same data they put into that to have the 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 rarity. They throw those things over to what is it like Moon Rank in order to like have them all like ranked at the certain uh, rarity. So that's actually easy to figure out too. What hash lips does is for every file, like for every image that it generates, a PNG file. It also generates an associated JSON file that has the actual attributes in it. In oh, fact, okay. that's a requirement for Solana. Mm. So what happens with Moonrank in places like that, once this JPEG has actually been put on the blockchain, the associated JSON file is also put on the blockchain. So all Moonrank has to do is go find the address that made all these web these JPEGs and it can parse through every bit of JSON and just count. Okay, there were only 100 of these generated and there were 10,000 of these generated. So it can easily mm. figure out just by reading the blockchain uh, which ones are most rare or not. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. It's, okay. And, and they've written like a generic script to where all they have to do is just plug in a new creator address and it just spits out the, the ranking in like a few minutes. So I think that the cool thing about NFTs was how much they evolved from just being a social club. Even though the Bored Apes did master it, and they mm -hmm. had like they had an actual yacht party uh, in December, like in New York, they had um, oh, no like way. little, they had little baby play. They had like Jimmy Fallon has an, an ape. They, he was there, like it was crazy. Uh, but like it, it's evolved beyond that a lot to where now the big thing is rewarding people who uh, actually have the NFT. So we talked about Genesis Go in a little bit and mm. um, the shadow drive, the shadowy supercoders and what they do. And uh, it's just really fascinating how NFTs are changing and how they're being used. Like when we think about Solana, Solana as a blockchain is really just a gigantic computer. It's got a CPU, it's got RAM and it's got storage. So the CPU and the RAM are what makes Solana go fast. It what makes it like process transactions very, very quickly. 
So they were, when they first built Solana, they were really quick to like get it out to the public. And they're like, we'll deal with storage later. So the actual storage of the blockchain itself, the ledger of every single transaction that's ever happened is just stored in Google Bigtable right now. Really? So, <laughs> yeah. So it's like, uh, it's like 60 terabytes or something. It's something big. Wow. Um, but it's all in Google. So with the exception of like the last 2,000 transactions that have happened, those recent transactions are stored on the validator servers in RAM. But anything back beyond that is dumped into Google. So if you want to go find transactions that happened months ago, you got to go to Google to get it. So what Genesis Go is doing is they're creating a protocol that moves that storage out of Google and back onto these validator nodes so that you can get the history of transactions and the current state of accounts insanely quickly. So, so Genesis Go, so I'm a, so they're separate from the actual Solana team, but they're yep. building an add-on to Solana to make it better. They're, to just they're building it. the hard drives. And they're building isn't, the isn't Solana already pretty fast? Why are they trying to make it faster? Yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> and actually, before I want to go deep into the Solana NFTs, but real quick, I think the, yeah. the other hang-up people have is they think there's only Ethereum-based NFTs and all yeah. the problems that come with that, with this, the slowness, the the gas fees and all that. So what real quick, why did you... I probably already asked the question, but why did you look at Solana versus Ethereum? So did, I got into Solana. How did Solana, Solana come on your radar? Yeah, yeah. How did it come on yeah. your radar? Because like I, so, I found it because of you, and I never so would have found it otherwise. I got into Solana because I was big into DeFi, and that was just a way to make significantly better yields off of your money than traditional finance, like a savings account. Um, even like my, even my USDC stable coins right now, they're yielding about twenty five percent in stable coins and DeFi, as opposed to what is the savings account paying today like 0.15 percent yeah, less than a yeah. percent yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so, it's I, so i mean i mean there's just no point for in my opinion not financial advice do not do this <laughs> if i'm saying it but there's no point in holding cash like if i'm gonna hold if i'm gonna hold something that's equivalent to a u.s dollar I'm, i might as well just put it in solana DeFi and make 25 percent. what's your favorite stable coin usdc USDC? Okay. Yeah, and what's your, and what, what's your reason for that? Uh, well, I mean, not Tether, because Tether's just had so much shadiness behind oh, them. Oh, ton, yeah. But, but USDC has just kind of become the de facto standard now in the world, and UST on Tether is also a very good stable coin. And for those who don't know, can you kind of give a little rundown of what a stable coin is and why it's so important? Yeah, it's um, it's a crypto equivalent to one, one United States dollar. So, uh, in the world, in traditional finance, whenever you're dealing with foreign exchange, like uh, the Japanese yen or the, the British pound or the euro, you denote the value of that foreign exchange, that currency, relative to the United States dollar. So the exact same mechanism needed to exist in cryptocurrencies, but there was no way to put Bitcoin against a U.S. dollar and make it match up perfectly because... Mm -hmm. The time it takes to convert a cryptocurrency into a fiat U.S. dollar takes too much time, and cryptocurrency moves very, very quickly. You need right. to have, like, for foreign exchange, it needs to be, like, sub-millisecond charts. That's the best way to put it, or else arbitrage is too strong. Mm. So they created a United States version of a cryptocurrency. It, Tether was the first one with USDT. And now professional currency traders can now trade on the blockchain or on exchanges from Bitcoin to USDT or from Ethereum to USDT in sub millisecond times. 
So that's why that's why stable coins were created was so that it could normalize trading cryptocurrencies as if they were the exact same thing as trading foreign exchange. And these are also so, all like they, they they're backed like they have the equivalent mm -hmm. cash stashed away to equal each. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. uh, they claim to be backed, but that has yet to really be proven because nobody's really audits these things. Right, because like there's no uh, regulations in, in place just yet for that, right? right? Exactly, and that's why I think the Biden administration wants to put stablecoin. They have an executive order coming to regulate stablecoins, but it's also why uh, central banks like China and the United States are interested in issuing their own. Mm. So it, I can see that it, being it, a huge thing. Yeah, it would actually think that would be like there isn't such a thing as wanting regulation in cryptocurrency as so so long as it doesn't overreach, because right. then it normalizes the rules and we don't play with uncertainty anymore. And if the United States were to say, like, okay, well, we have a trillion United States dollars in fiat, let's just take 500 billion of it, back it into a cryptocurrency. Well, guess what? Now we have a United States dollars cryptocurrency that's backed by the United States government, and everybody trusts that. So I, I think that's a good thing, but that, that gets, you know, into the weeds of economics and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, and so. that's uh, above my pay grade on that one. Now, so I... Oh, real quick, USDC, that's based on Ethereum, right? Uh, so USDC is on every blockchain. Oh, um, really? Oh, oh, okay. So they, so they have yep. a flavor, I, I guess if you want to call it that, <laughs> on each blockchain. So that gets into to tokens. Like, all Solana and all Ethereum are is just, you could think of it as a river. It's just a transport. That's all it is. And where smart contracts come in, and programs for that matter, is you can create your own token directly on top of it. And it just uses Ethereum or uses Solana to transport it back and forth. So that's what USDC is. USDC is nothing more than a token that just sits on top of Ethereum or on top of Solana. So, so how, do they, how do they bridge between Solana and Ethereum and all that? Yep, that's called wrapping. Um, so what oh, they yeah. do there is... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going so deep in the weeds. All right. Yeah, no, I mean... And this no, it's is great, that, though. It's great. But, but, but this is what's given Solana the, this, the majority of its value, is that there is a massive exodus of USDC off of Ethereum onto Solana, like to the tune of like $20 billion or something at this point. Oh, wow. And, so so and $20 way, billion dollars worth of USDC Ethereum is, moving to wrapped just, USDC and Solana. So that's exactly it. So in Ethereum, that token is called ERC-20. Mm -hmm. So whenever, that's just the standard that they created. So if you create a new token on Ethereum, they call it an ERC-20 token. On Solana, they call it SPL, or Solana Program Library. So all they're doing when they move USDC off of Ethereum onto Solana is they literally take that ERC-20 token and just wrap SPL around it. That's it. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I can't tell you how many times I've tried to, uh, and this is before I was wise enough to know what's going on, but like I tried to transact on Solana and I would buy some like USDC, but it was Ethereum based. I'm like, oh, dang it. Now I have to transfer it to wrapped it. Like just getting that concept of wrapped yep. was so confusing. And, and yeah. now they've got something called wormhole out there that does it in like two clicks. Okay. It's, it's so incredible. <laughs> you, you connect your MetaMask wallet and your Phantom wallet and you just say source destination amount done. And it just does it. What are the fees on that? Mm, whatever gas is, because so, Ethereum has gas. Oh, so the Ethereum gas. So, so let's, expensive. Let's let's talk about that. So let's talk about the yeah. uh, gas the Ethereum is. Yeah. And, and, and why you went with Solana. Yeah. So Ethereum, the way Ethereum works is it's still built on miners who actually are, are mining the actual blockchain. I have six miners sitting downstairs in, in my house. I'm a big fan of mining. Um, but 
as Ethereum became more and more and more popular, because it was the first to do these things with tokens, um, the way it actually works is when you want to do something on Ethereum, you have to bid for a miner's attention. So when you have now, you, you back in the day when we only had make up a number, 20 people using Ethereum, miners were desperate for attention. So they made their prices really, really cheap. Well, now we have 20 million people who use Ethereum at any given second. They all click buy at the same time. And what ends up happening is like, well, I want you to process my transaction first before his, because I want to buy this token before they do. So they bid up the price of miners that way to where now we're at a point where to do most things on Ethereum, it's going to cost you no less than $50, but probably not more. I say that. I mean, I've paid $2,000 in gas one time for an NFT Ooh. net, and I didn't get it, and, and the transaction failed. Um, but... Wait, so, so $2,000 is gone? Gone, because you paid the miner, and then the miner went to go actually do the mining, and it was like, sorry, that token was already sold. Dude, oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, this is this is a real thing, that like when there's significant congestion on Ethereum, which is pretty much the norm now, uh, you know, an average NFT transaction on Ethereum costs about $250. Like, if I were to go do anything on Ethereum right now with an NFT, I would probably want to make sure I budget $150 to $300 for gas. And that's so dumb. Like, I remember when I went to go buy my first NFT, I'm like, okay, obviously I'm going to do it on Ethereum. That's the, the, the biggest one right now. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm going to start small, buy like a $50 NFT. Couldn't do that. I had to budget the gas in. I'm like, wait, I'm about to pay the same amount of gas as what the NFT is worth. That's stupid. Right. <laughs> yep. And then for those yep. out there, like, what's the typical gas fee of a Solana transaction? Less than a penny. There is no mm. gas on Solana effectively because there's no miners. Um, it's an entirely different algorithm called proof of stake. Uh, instead of using miners, they use servers. Hey, and get it correct. It's proof of times or proof of history, well, sir. Yeah, proof of history. <laughs> right, right, right. Which is like a proof of stake. So I, the, but you're right. It is. It's, it's its own little algorithm that makes it very, very quickly. And the idea there is that instead of paying miners to guess your block and add it onto the blockchain, instead you're paying a group of servers that all have to agree on the same thing. That whatever you're trying to do, if you're trying to send money from person A to person B, they're going to make sure that person A has the money that they want to send and person B is ready to receive it. Uh, and if all 32 people, all 32 servers agree on this, then the transaction is processed. The cool thing about it is it's very, 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 very fast to do that too. So Ethereum, which would have cost you 150 to 300 bucks, uh, also would have taken several minutes to process your transaction. Mm -hmm. uh, Solana has um, about a four second confirmation uh, and it costs less than a penny. Yeah, I mean, for those of you who um, haven't seen my uh, my uh, Solana NFT video, or not NFT, but Solana uh, cryptocurrency video, I created a cryptocurrency token for my daughters and they're, they're called Keeks, Keith Coin. And uh, that's how I give them their allowance, or yeah, pretty much. So that's it's so quick. They have their wallets on their phones, and I they just send it to me if they want to pay for things, and it's like that. It's amazing, yep. and the gas fees make sense. <laughs> Less yep. than a penny doesn't cost me anything. It's awesome. Yep, that's exactly it. But your original question was, why do we? It's since Solana's already fast. Why do we care about making it faster? Mm -hmm. And the thing is, Solana's already fast, with an exception or two. 
whenever we actually get to go find the historical state of all of these accounts and all of the times this NFT has traded hands and everything, then it can get a little bit slower. And beyond that, the way the data itself, and this is getting really, really wonky, but the way the data is structured makes it really, really hard to work with it. So what Genesis Go is trying to do is speed up that process significantly with also creating standards that's going to make it really, really easy for developers to develop on. And at the end of the day, what's going to end up happening is that Solana, especially as it grows, because it's only a year and a half old, um, it's crazy, it, it, will, it will be able to scale even bigger. Meaning once we have, instead of 100 million people using it, when we have 5 billion people using it, it's not going to run into congestion issues like other blockchains do because the entire history of the ledger is stored on very, very fast servers. Mm -hmm. So real quick, I, I want to take a little fun detour. Um, so yeah. yeah, Solana is relatively new yep. and its price skyrocketed last year. 11,000%. Which is insane. Mm -hmm. How early were you? Uh, I bought mine at $17. Okay. Um, and Man. then, you know, your other question was, how did I get into NFTs? Because I was there in DeFi. Um, so I got into NFTs because I was there, the origin of NFTs. Um, so Solana NFTs launched really in August, and I was there. And I already knew about NFTs through Ethereum, but I liked Solana. And now they're getting NFTs, so I'm going to buy some NFTs. And uh, that's that's how I got into it. And then I, I just started to like mesh with these communities a lot more and talk to them more about what it is that they're trying to do. And it was just, it's hard to break away from something when you're like the first person there and it takes off and then you've got NFTs or the, the first NFTs and they take off. And now you're kind of like, okay, I'm hooked because I'm having so much fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and and that's just, I, I kind of been through the entire journey of Solana NFTs at this point. <laughs> So um, right now, I mean, you, you're a Solana NFT investor. You're constantly mm -hmm. looking at the new collections, the new things that mm -hmm. come out. And I mean, there's new drops every single week, right? every day almost, I think. Depending yeah, there's on probably about 20, 20 NFTs a day get projects get launched a day now. Goodness gracious. And like we, I mean, we understand now that most of them, 90%, maybe even higher, are going to go to zero. They are going to be yeah. nothing. So how do you decide what is going to be successful? What's your criteria? Well, so usually the criteria is, have, are they doing something that nobody else has ever done? Um, so right now, like, so there, there's a project on Solana called the Borioku Dragons. Their floor mm -hmm. just hit 500 soul yesterday. Um, because Which, by, by the way, floor guy means, or floor means that that's the minimum price you have to pay to get mm -hmm. one, to buy it. The cheapest one that's listed on that marketplace. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the floor on these is about $60,000 now. Uh, oh so, my goodness! And so are, are are they currently the most expensive Solana NFT, or is that uh, still no, Shadowy Supercoder? No, they're well, so they're definitely more expensive than Shadowy Supercoders. Mm -hmm. But the Borioku Dragons have a much smaller supply. They only have like a thousand of them, I think. Mm. Um, but the there's a, a project that was there at the very beginning called the Boogles. Um, they're like these uh, pixelated, like ghost-looking guys. They actually kind of look like the Scream Murderer with this black hood and a white face kind of thing. I think I've seen that, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, their floor is like around 2,500 souls. So it's probably about $300,000 to get one at this point. Oh um, my goodness. But there's only a hundred of those. And oh, that makes more sense. They auction three off a week. And I think like the last four are up this week. Like this is the final four that'll ever be. Um, anyways. Wow. 
So, yeah, so the Borioku Dragons, like, this is a great example because this is the nature of Solana NFTs. Um, they were the first pixel project, but they were 16-bit pixels. It looked more like SNES than NES. And beyond that, they were the first what we call utility project, meaning if you actually have the NFT, you're going to get something for it. It's actually going to do something for you. Mm -hmm. So it was more than just a social club where you buy the NFT and you're granted access. So more than a Pokemon card, right? Yes, it does something else. So now the the Dragons, they were the first one on Solana to actually pay you in their own currency called Boku. And that Boku was used to actually perform breeding. So if you had two Dragons, you could pay Boku, it would burn the Boku, which reduces the supply of Boku and makes the price of Boku go up, and then you would get a baby dragon as a result. And then that baby dragon carried benefits with it. Uh, So they were the first one to do anything like having utility and uh, doing a breeding mechanism. So what ended up happening after that was like 40 projects that did the exact same thing, uh, all with 16-bit artwork, but instead of dragons, this time it was phoenixes or... Uh, dogs or robots or whatever, like they they mm-hmm. just all copy and paste. So you know, there and the idea was like, okay, if you got priced out of dragons really quick because they were the first one to do something revolutionary, here's your second chance. They try and give you this FOMO that is just a total lie, and those things all crash and burn. It's it's always the first mm-hmm. mover advantage wins, um, unless you do something like really exceptional and you you copy the dragons but also do something new. In addition to that, uh, but for the most part, what what happens with the fact that Solana is very, very easy to get started with now um, is that everybody's coming in and just like, oh, okay, well, that was really successful, so let's just copy it. Mm. Uh, and, and that's how really like my first criteria is, are you doing something new? And the answer to that usually is, is yes, so few of the time that <laughs> I, I actually don't have a lot of work to do researching projects. <laughs> so that's good. That's actually excellent criteria. And I think I want to encourage everyone, again, not financial advice, but mm-hmm. financial guidance maybe. Is that the same thing? <laughs> same thing. Yeah, okay. Then let's just not say that. But well, We are yeah. not financial professionals. <laughs> yeah, we are not. We're just messing around with tech. That's all we're doing. Um, yeah. yeah. So when you see a, a project, trying to evaluate if it's good or not. Is it doing something new? Is utility cool? And I guess the other criteria is like, are you excited about it? Do you think it's going to yep. work? That's yeah. the other thing. And it's not a guarantee, but usually it's a definitely a higher, uh, uh, I can't think of the word I'm trying to find right now, higher, uh, oh, I don't know. My criteria or something, I don't know. Yeah, we'll do some more coffee and then I'll come back to you. <laughs> but I think, like, but this goes back to the evolution of NFTs even more. Like, that was one of the first evolutions, was it broke away from just social clubs and just profile pictures to, like, actually rewarding holders for for holding the nft and then people like genesis go came along and you're like you know what let's create this storage protocol for solana but the way they're gonna pay for that storage is with our shadow token Mm -hmm. and what we'll do is we'll raise money by selling shadowy supercoder nfts but then reward the holders by giving them half the entire supply of shadow tokens so now okay. anyone who actually wants to use the Shadow RPC infrastructure, the servers themselves, they have to pay in the Shadow token. And guess who has the Shadow tokens? The NFT holders. That's utility. And there's significant yeah. value in that. Now, how do you keep up on the news with all this? Like, how do you find these new projects? I mean, <laughs> I'll be honest, look, your Twitter account's my source of news. So I'm wondering where yeah, you so get it. Where is so your source? I, 
there i mean like at that point i don't i really don't know how to answer you, you like i started this account in september and i've already grown to 42,000 followers wow uh and and at this point like i've got enough weight in the ecosystem to where people bring stuff to me Mm. Um, and I'm part of a couple discord channels where, you know, they talk about alpha a lot. What is alpha? Alpha is just the inside scoop. It's just mm. like the, in the know, the, the behind the scenes alpha. So I'm in a bunch of alpha groups where people are just sharing information. Like there's, there are a lot of people who have quit their full-time job to do nothing but research projects. So I'm in groups with them and I'm like, Dang. Hey, what do you guys think about this? And then they actually do the research and tell me. So um, that that's really the best way that I just stay afloat. But I'll be honest with you, like I miss probably fifty percent of the stuff that's going on because of kids and family and work. Oh yeah, so, this is a, this is a full time thing to be immersed full, in this stuff. Like I'll yeah. I'll be honest, like I started with my network truck Twitter account. I started following all the NFT stuff, and I'm like, okay, this is too much. I need to yeah. follow and create my own a separate NFT based account because I cannot do this. Yeah. It's, it's overwhelming. No, me and well, Chuck probably spent like probably a month. Just constantly tweeting or talking to each other about different obsessed. projects. It was an obsession. Like, yeah. like we were, oh, we were obsessed obsession. for like a month, and then we were like, yeah. And then whenever you said Solana's only like a year and a half, like I thought it's old. It's been only around for a year and a half. I was like, I felt like I spent six months in a month. Oh yeah, just it, researching projects mm -hmm. and figuring out what to do. It, NFTs just started in August. There wasn't even a mint button in August back then. What we did is we sent money to a wallet and hope we got NFTs back. Are you serious? Wow. Yeah. Kind of a good it, faith it, situation. <laughs> yeah. That's, that, that was the honest truth. That's how the Solana Monkeys, which are a really, really popular project, they were the first profile picture project. Uh, but then DGN Apes came along and their hype was so big that there was mm -hmm. no way that they could handle an influx of thousands of transactions at once and send NFTs back. So they actually created the mint button, so to speak, on oh. Solana. Wow. Um, very cool. And that's that's why there was a lot of drama around that. It was the first one to do it and it, it failed. It was miserable. It took it took three days for them to fix it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and I remember um the uh Degen Trash Pandas had a mm -hmm. big scandal where their yep. their minting like got hacked or kind of not like well, I guess you could call it hacked. Someone took advantage of the code and got all the rarity. Yep. So uh so that mint button mechanism was actually called candy machine. It was the mm -hmm. idea was you load your machine full of candy, somebody puts a coin in, they get a piece of candy out. Um, so when DJ Apes launched, uh, they actually had to bring in Solana, like the actual Solana team come in and they created Candy Machine over the weekend for the DJ Apes. And that's what the entire, oh, the, the ecosystem has used that since. It's an open source piece of software. That's but there was, a, there was a vulnerability in it in that all of like, when you generate, when you use hash lips to generate your images, they're literally numbered like zero through 9,999. And then it uploads them in that order to Arweave along with the metadata. So if somebody came along and knew how to read the code well enough, they could literally read the entire collection ahead of time because it's already on the blockchain. Mm. So somebody, so that's what happened with DJ and Trash Pandas is somebody read the blockchain and found out, oh, number 352 has all of the mythic attributes. So they created a program that like just monitored the mint progress. Oh. And as 352 came up, it fired off the, the transaction to mint 352 and grab it real quick. So Dang. DJ and Trash Pandas, <laughs> very funny and very ironically, stopped the mint, brought the Solana team back in, 
<laughs> re- rebuilt the entire Candy Machine app. So now it's Candy Machine version 2. And now that's back up, and that's what the ecosystem uses yet again. <laughs> wow, okay. A lot of history about Solana NFTs. <laughs> so, um, and it's only five months old. That it's so, so. Wait, hold on. Solana NFTs are only five months old. Yeah, the the first mints were really starting in August. That's, that's insane. That's really like, crazy. Because like, there's like two big marketplaces, Magic Eden and Solanart, and they seem like they've been there forever. Like this mm-hmm. is insane. But OpenSea is expected to add Solana any day now. I was told second Ooh. week of February. So, what, what do you think that will do to Solana once it's on OpenSea? I mean. It's kind of like if you have a product to sell and you get invited to sell it on Amazon, you mm. go where the money is, you go yeah. where the volume is. Like they, Magic Eaton, I think I think the last I saw was they have like five million dollars of volume, and OpenSea does like fifty million dollars of volume, and Looks Rare does like five hundred million dollars of volume. Oh my god! So, I mean, we're looking at multiples of ten to one hundred x of volume. So as long as those Ethereum users who have made millions off their bored apes, decide they want to put a little bit of money into Solana. If we bring our product to them, then I would imagine that would be a very bullish signal for Solana NFTs. Yeah, so I want to, I want to talk more here in a bit about the future of Solana and why you're so bullish on it. But first, I want to talk about um, how do you start developing for Solana? Because like you, you've, been, mm. you've been doing it. You've been running, learning Rust, and now we're going to find out it's more JavaScript anyway, yeah. and producing courses on how to do it. So, how did you? Because like I, I tried to look it up. I'm like, okay, how can I actually do this stuff? There's no documentation. Nothing. It is hard to find. And it. if there so, is, it's really like it's bad. awful. Re- re- really hard to read. <laughs> yep. And, and most of the documentation that exists is already outdated. Like they yeah. have like completely, like whatever function they told you to call, that function doesn't work anymore. They deprecated that like two versions ago. Like that's, so when I ha- I did an interview with, um, okay, so the guy who made Candy Machine, his name is Jordan Prince. It, on mm-hmm. Twitter, he's under Redacted J. Um, so I did an interview with, with Jay, and I asked him after the interview was over, I was like, look, I'm, I'm very serious about getting started with this. How do I get started? And he was like, as someone who works for Solana as a developer advocate, he almost basically said, don't. Good luck. He he was like, you're going to have to have an extraordinary amount of grit because what we like to say is we all chew glass. Like you're just, and and what I found out was that he was exactly right. There are a few resources like startonsolana.com that will get you started. But again, and this is not to knock on them because I used them and they were very helpful, but it's only going to get you about 20% of the way there. Hmm. Um, what what I had to do was like, okay, I have to come up with my own idea, my own thing that I want to do and just start hacking away at code until I figure it out. And I use a couple discords, like the Metaplex discord. They basically standardized NFTs on Solana. They wrote the standards for all of it. Mm. Um, so I jump in their discord. There's a lot of developers hanging out there. Uh, the DGNAPES discord also has a group dedicated for builders. And we share a lot of info back and forth there. So there's just a lot of, oh, I did something like this. Here's the code. Try and hack it out. Um, so like I told you about this thing, you know, we mentioned it a little bit where Borioku Dragons, they reward holders for mm-hmm. and they pay them in both. So the way they actually do this now in NFTs is you actually take your NFT and lock it in the project's vault. And while it's locked in the vault, they emit coins to you. Uh, that mechanism is called staking. 
and uh, there was like only one open source staking solution out there right now, and it's really, really, really complicated. So what I just finished, like right before I got on this call with you, was I simplified it more or less. I made a, a front end website in React that interacts with all of those Solana programs, but it's very, very like to where now there's just a stake button, an unstake button, and a claim rewards button, just three buttons. And it shows you your NFTs, like the picture of each NFT is there. Um, so that's like, th these things don't exist. And the developer who created it is not accessible. So I literally sure. just spent like the last four days, like just looking at his GitHub repo and just going through it one line at a time drawing diagrams like okay this calls this calls this calls this and this is what happens then i try something out i look at the console and the website to see where it blew up and then i troubleshoot and like this is just what i did for like the last like few days wow and I, like i i wish i had something good to say like <laughs> oh it's so easy or this is where you can say it's not like you just have to do stuff like that so that's why i'm creating my course uh developing oh, yeah. apps on Solana. That's going to be huge. Um, so, yeah. what what skill set do you need to have to like, Just like basic JavaScript? Basic for, for oh. my for my course, all you need is basic JavaScript. So, if you know, like what how data types are, if you know what a loop is, if you know what a conditional is, um, and it would be beneficial if you knew like, um, like what a class is or what a module is. A module is the same thing in Python as like you know mm -hmm. pip install. Mm -hmm. JavaScript has modules. You just type npm install. Uh, so, if you know what those are, then that's all you need. To get oh, started wow. with the course. Well, cool. let me know when you're done with that course. I'm going to watch it. Hopefully um, end of the month. Um, it's it's about 66% done now. Um, so we, we carry people from like, okay, welcome to Solana. Here's how you can get your soul balance using JavaScript. Just something really, really simple. Very cool. And we work our way up to creating an actual like program written in Rust. We create the front end in React. It interacts with that program. Uh, we, we actually generate an NFT collection using Hashlips. We deploy the NFT collection using Candy Machine. And then we create the staking website and the staking farm. So you get emitted tokens for the NFTs that you created. So That's huge. Uh, that sounds really fun. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, sounds like a really fun course. So I, I guess that begs a question. What is your, are your, when are we going to see some Nox NFTs? Uh, so probably never. <laughs> so I, you know, I... I'm very happy with just being a trainer uh, and just being a talker uh, and an interviewer in the space. I don't want to dive into like, because this extraordinary amounts of money on an unregulated asset. And it just scares me with like being a dad with, you know, kids and, and a mm. husband now. Um, so I don't want to do anything where it's like, okay, well now that you've got these NFTs, thanks for your $2 million. Um, Cause that's about how much money these NFT projects are making. Um, and it only takes like 15 days to make an NFT project. That's the crazy part. You can hire an art, not that you should, but I hired, <laughs> for, so for mine, when we generate an NFT project, I actually hired an artist from Fiverr to just do an NFT collection. He turned it around to me in three days at 125 bucks. Mm. So, so now I'm providing that artwork as part of like, follow along and we'll generate a collection. But it just kind of goes to show you that you could make your own NFT collection and make hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars in like five days work. Like it's, and that's what people are doing. That's what the scam part of blockchain is. That's what's mm -hmm. happening. Um, they're just hiring artists off Fiverr, throwing art up there, minting out and then moving on to the next one. And they're staying anonymous the entire time. That's why. 
So, anyways, um, I would love to see you do one though, like legit. Like <laughs> I, I know, like the the fear of managing your own NFT and like making sure you're. I mean, because you're you're the boss of their people's investments, but I, I don't know. You know enough about it. I think you could carry it and make it cool. Like, and write your own staking do, programs, like you. It, there also comes like a level of comfort to like where I am is like, do I need it? Like, do I need that kind of money? Uh, you know, it, it is very tempting, but I just feel like it's going to open, especially being doxxed or, you know, not anonymous people like know where I am. Mm. So I, that is a big concern for like most developers and most people in the blockchain space, especially in NFTs, stay anonymous. Mm-hmm. Uh, because like if you mint out a project uh, and somebody invests their life savings in your project and then the, the floor goes to zero and they lose all their money, well, now they know where you are. You know, everybody knows Knox in Louisiana. There's probably only like two of us, so I, I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to like open open that door for anyone to you know come threaten me or harass me or anything like that. So yeah, I'm that just gonna sense. like stay on my side of things and be happy with my 20% returns on um, my DeFi. But I mean, you know, you you also asked like how bullish am I on Solana mm-hmm. um, and. The, the things, the, like the most exciting things in Solana are the things that we haven't even talked about yet <laughs> and why I think Solana is about to change the entire world, like flip it on its head and upside down. Okay, so note to self, invest more in Solana. <laughs> yeah, I mean, after, after you hear the things that they just did, like this week, uh, you may think that. So they created a JavaScript module called Solana Pay. And this is, they, the first idea was that, you know, if you have a website where you sell widgets, uh, you could just add this module in there, and you can now sell your widgets, no matter what it is, Web two, Web three, doesn't matter. You could just sell it. You could just sell it in Solana, um, and it literally handles the transaction on the back end for you. Basically, you could turn Amazon into Web three in about five minutes because of Solana Pay. Oh wow! wow. Okay. And Man. but but that's not the exciting part. The exciting <laughs> part was they got it working on a Square, like the actual Square payment. Uh, um, the point of sale product square mm-hmm. it looks bad. They got it working on that. So a dude walks up and he's like, you know what? I want to buy a Coke Zero. So he taps on the menu. He says, I'm going to buy a Coke Zero. It generates the QR code. He pays with his mobile phantom wallet and then grabs mm-hmm. his Coke Zero and walks yeah, away. Yeah, I, I actually did see that. I saw someone pay with their phantom with a new mm-hmm. iOS phantom app. Oh, yep. Because it integrates now. This like this point of sale. Like if you imagine going to CVS now or Walmart or whatever, mm. where all these point of sale items are, it just generates a QR code. You, you, you scan your QR code with your Phantom app and you're out the door. Wow. And I'm like, oh, now that's gonna work internationally because yeah. Solana, I don't have to convert to, to Chinese Yuan or, or Japanese Yen or, or black, like it's just Solana. Right. I can go to, to England right now and buy crumpets with, with my <laughs> Phantom app. And it's like, oh, that's why this is going to be a huge deal because yeah, now anyone awesome. can can just get Solana loaded on their Phantom wallet and go out the door, and there's no authentication. It's like it's just yours. I got my wallet, and it's it's done. That I mean, I can see that being a huge mm-hmm. part of the future. But I wonder, you know, like you hear the story about the guy who paid like ten million dollars for a pizza because Bitcoin was worth nothing back then. <laughs> so, like, I wonder if yeah. if that same fear is going to happen as people pay for products, both like from the vendor perspective, like, oh yeah, we're going to allow them to buy something in Solana, and then it dips to nothing, which could happen. I then, love this question. So, like, and I already the answer. That, oh, uh, they they got it working with with any SPL token, so you can pay in USDC if you want. 
Easy oh, enough. Okay, wow. that's, that's all, that was my next question. Like, if we just if we combine the USDC stableness with uh, Solana's cool new pay thing, okay, cool, we're good. Yeah, yeah. problem yes, solved. Just swap some of your sold USDC, which you can do in the Phantom app. So if you're like, oh, I need to pay for this widget real quick, I can just open my Phantom app, swap it to USDC, and then pay. My goodness. Okay, so I, I can see a ton of vendors just going, okay, yeah, we 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 only accept um, wrapped Solana USDC, and yep. that gives us stability. Okay. Yep. Huh. That's exactly it. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And yeah, that, I, I just, that to me was, was big enough. But then you throw in play to earn video gaming, then you throw in metaverse. And it's mm. like, okay, so, so here's, here's the, the not financial advice price prediction. We all see the value in Ethereum is kind of like the 18 wheeler, where a Solana is more like a Ferrari. You need both, they both have to exist. Or another way to put it is one is Windows and the other one is Apple. Or maybe one is Android. Like you have to have all three to exist. Which one so, is Solana? So Solana, <laughs> out of the Apple and Android thing. So so I would say if I were to put it out, I'd say Ethereum is Windows, AVAX is Android, and Solana is Apple. Amen. Mm. That's how I would. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so so that's that's the other thing I want to get into too, if you don't mind, is um, yeah. th there are things like AVAX, which are offering the same speed and same kind of functionality as Solana. Where do those come into play? Off. So those are typically they're called side chains or layer two chains. And they're mm. built off the same standards as Ethereum, but they have a slightly different protocol under the hood for validating transactions. Instead of miners, again, they use stakers or servers. Mm -hmm. But they're still like ERC style tokens. Um, so that way it makes moving uh, like your NFTs or your tokens from one from Ethereum to AVAX or to Polygon or to really any of these side chains, it makes it very easy because it follows the same standard. So it, it's kind of tricky trying to figure out, okay, well, which one's going to win? Mm -hmm. uh, and right now it looks like Solana is, um, even though like AVAX is very, very competitive. Luna is very, very competitive. Um, I personally like AVAX and Luna about equally. I would put them at like my number three in my holdings. Mm -hmm. So I have no no beef with them. Um, but using Solana, like Solana is truly a consumer's blockchain. The, mm -hmm. the user experience, like the, the flat fee, the extremely fast transaction speed, like that's just, the others are good. They're cheap. They're not as cheap and they're not as fast. Mm -hmm. So I think they're going to have like some business applications. I think they're going to be good for the finance industry, but you'll never, you'll probably never see them on point of sale mechanisms the way you do with Solana pay. Man, that is so huge. I, it's, yeah. I mean, I see your investment strategy, right? Like, you can't lose if you invest in all of them. But yeah, yeah. it's it's um, Solana seems like it's going to be the winner, and, I, and that's why I made my my first crypto really currency video is on Solana because it's it was easy, it made more sense, and I, I see the future of it. Um, although I have to admit, and I'm gonna I want to get your thoughts on this with the recent dip and everything just kind of crashing. How do you maintain a healthy mindset? Because I know, uh, like, I you know you seventeen dollars. Because, like, yeah, you. I know that you um, put a lot of money into all this stuff. If you don't, yeah, if you don't mind me saying that, but like, I, I know that, yeah, you, you're you are you're heavily invested in crypto. If not like hundred percent, I don't know where you're at on that, but it's it's a lot. Yeah, I know it, it's pretty close to a hundred percent because I just don't see the point in holding cash when your cash equivalent gets significantly better yields. Mm. Uh, so, I mean, that is a big part of it is having a healthy cash equivalent. Um, don't go all not financial advice, but don't go all in on NFTs. 
<laughs> you know? yeah. But NFTs are also a hedge against coin dips. So Solana token went from $250 to today at about 120 So mm -hmm. less than half of what it was. But that makes Solana cheap. So what ends up happening is people buy more Solana and then they buy more NFTs. So by having a lot of NFTs, I caught this huge bull run in NFTs in the last month. So now I'm I'm cashing out my NFTs to hold Soul. So now Soul's going to run over. I hit my mic. So now Soul's <laughs> going to run over the next two or three months, and it just goes back and forth like that. But also maintain, also making sure I cash out enough profits along the way into stable coins, which I park in DeFi, which I make twenty percent on. So. So I, I, I want to talk about what uh, what DeFi apps you like the most. And I, by, by the way, I watched one of your DeFi videos about Tulip, which I think is, what is it called now? It's called... Um, it's Tulip. Know, it it, it, it is was Tulip on now. Soul Farm. Now yeah, it's called... Yeah. So I, yeah. I, I jumped in there and did that. I threw a couple thousand in there just to play with it. I don't know what it's at now. It's probably not doing very well. Um, however... Uh, where was I going with that? So I, if you don't mind me asking, and we can we can edit this out of the podcast, no big deal, but would you mind like talking about how much you, because um, like you mentioned earlier, you're not gonna make an NFT because you don't need that much money, which makes me think that you've invested enough into cryptocurrency to where it's doing pretty well for you. Would you mind sharing any figures on that? Uh, the What I'll actually say is, you know, uh, things at work change quite a bit in the last year and i don't really need to make that much money off of nft projects i'll put it that way um so i i'm very comfortable with my nine to five job mm -hmm. and um i'm doing just fine on the investments in usdc and nfts and things like that to where this is the nfts are more or less play money at this point um and i'm extraordinarily bullish on things like Genesis Go, things like Shadow, and things like Metaverse, uh, and just Solana in general, to where I'm kind of just parked those assets, and we'll just let them, we'll just see what they do over the next six to 12 months. I have a feeling, uh, starting tomorrow, with a certain announcement about a certain NFT, Metaverse-based NFT, uh, that things will get very exciting very quickly. Huh. <laughs> so, so this, Thanks, the Channels. This podcast will be going uh, live on Monday. So as of now, it's Thursday. So um, I guess you can go ahead and tell us right yep. now what it's going yeah, to be. Yeah, Thursday, February 10th. Is so there is a right project now. called Portals. They have hinted at what they're going to do already. They've effectively said what they're going to do already. Um, I'm not going to... I'm going to plead the fifth on whether or not I know what the details are. Um, <laughs> but uh, there is a project called portals they were really the first major metaverse project in solana so uh, if you're not familiar with metaverse the idea is that when you can't get together with your friends physically in real life maybe because of coronavirus or maybe because of you know country borders or things like that um you can fire up your web browser or hang on hang on <laughs> your oculus oh uh, yeah. your oculus quest 2 and Jump in the metaverse and hang out there. Uh, the Degen Apes have a fantastic metaverse. If you still have your Trash Panda, I think oh, you really? can access it. Mm -hmm. It's on their website. Oh, they just overhauled their website. Yeah, we, we um, both have Trash Pandas. We both have Trash Pandas. Yeah. So you might, I'm not sure if Trash Pandas can or not, but I think you can. But anyways, uh, if you go to their website, now there's they call it the Outhouse. Um, it is not an outhouse. It is a full-blown, amazing metaverse-style experience. It is like, it, it would be like akin to hanging out at a very upscale New York uh, luxury club. I guess is the best way to put it. Wow. So you connect your wallet 
it validates that you own an NFT for this particular collection, and then you're allowed access in. And it's like having, if you've got your mic, if you've got your camera, uh, you can interact with everybody else that's hanging out in the club. So what's happening now is the metaverse is evolving to where people uh, are buying their tickets into this particular project's metaverse, and then they get to build their own world, much like how Minecraft, you build your own world, mm -hmm. except for it's built off of like advanced 3D renders and stuff like that. So metaverse was the, or uh, portals, portals was the first one. Uh, and you know that metaverse is big because Facebook just completely rebranded to meta because mm -hmm. they're going in big on the metaverse. So Portals was the first one to do it in Solana. And because of all the reasons we've mentioned, we know that Solana is going to be very successful with consumers. So when consumers want to enter the metaverse, there's a very good chance they're going to enter through Portals. Um, at least that's my investment thesis. Uh, and they are going to announce tomorrow the venture capital firm that funded them. Now, again... Okay. I plead the fifth on if I know the details about that firm. <laughs> um, but if it is who I suspect it to be, I think it's going to be a very big signal for where the metaverse is actually going to take place on which blockchain and using which NFT. But I tweeted about it today that like, I think metaverse on Solana in general, not just with this particular project, but with all the metaverse projects, uh, I think this is going to spark a very significant bull run for metaverse NFTs. And that's why like, I just loaded up on them today. I went in big. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. All right. So <laughs> I got to ask what, 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 what are they? <laughs> we can talk about it if you want to pause recording. Uh, we, we won't include it. Yeah, we won't. Okay. All right. We are now recording again. We got the secret information that you can't have <laughs> back to so, the regular programming. So Enviro is a competitor to Portals, and like if you could close your eyes and like picture uh, like like a dude cave is the best way that I could put it, not to be like gender specific or anything, but like like this like uh, like a room with just on a hundred inch like projector screen and TVs everywhere. That's where their starting point is, and you get to customize that. But they just announced today. That imagine on that 100-inch projector, they have embedded Netflix, ESPN, Hulu, all of these streaming apps. They announced their partnerships today, and they'll have those embedded. So now you can have a party where all of your friends come over to watch the game in the metaverse because they're all scattered around the country or around the world. Mm -hmm. And now you can watch the game on your huge projector. And I'm like, mm. okay, well, that's cool. <laughs> like... And you can do it with your Oculus on. So you're like, there. I don't know if you want to do that, but you can. Um, and that's like, this is what's happening. And it's all happening on Solana and really not anywhere else because Solana is the only one that could handle transactions happening that quickly or that affordably. Man. Wow. Okay, no, I, I see it now. That's yeah. pretty cool. Now, the only thing beef I have with the Metaverse right now is that I totally like <clears throat> get the full immersion, like putting the Oculus headsets on. But Oculus headsets, even though they're Are some heavy. of the best... They, they're heavy. Mm -hmm. you, you get that neck strain, dude. I, when are they gonna make a really, really good headset that makes I you don't know. immersed that's, and comfortable? That's the part that I hope. Like this is the part that needs the most improvement in the metaverse, and that's why I was like, you know what? I'd rather just use my web browser and webcam for now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, it's cool that I can like be in the moment, but I don't think I will. So <laughs> I think I just use my my web browser to do everything. Um, but yeah, I mean. There are people who prefer that method of, of 
you know, diving in the younger generation kids these days. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, that's the other part of it is like, I, I feel too old for the metaverse. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I'm older than you. You probably get it more than I do, but no, like, I still feel a little too old for it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I miss the Minecraft boat. I never played Minecraft. So, like, the idea of building my virtual life somewhere is not appealing to me at all. Making yeah. money, I like that. But <laughs> I, so I'm actually going to agree with you. Like, I recognize that this is going to be absolutely massive, but probably for my kids and not so much for me. Oh, yeah. Like, my, my kids spend half their time in, in Roblox building out mm-hmm. their little virtual houses. I totally get that. Mm-hmm. Yep, and the version of Roblox slash Minecraft on Solana is called Heavenland, by the way. It just launched like a week or two ago. Jot <laughs> that down, Heavenland. Yep, so like that's probably my two biggest metaverse plays are in Portals, Heavenland, and something called Sweets. Sweets is specifically for uh, gaming and sports. So Now, I'm curious though, it's like we have all these random companies coming out and creating these these metaverses but what happens when like let's say roblox who's got a ton of money just decides to go okay you know what we are a metaverse now we have the audience mm-hmm. we have the customers they just they just convert it who are they going to beat out everyone good maybe maybe not um it kind of just depends on how people adopt all this stuff we we really don't know that's kind of the part about being mm-hmm. early right now is we just don't know what's going to happen i would bet Maybe a Roblox or a Minecraft would throw the capital to do it. But I would bet that a lot of major brands that aren't so much as metaverse developers or gaming developers, they'll just buy out the NFT collection. It could be much cheaper to buy out all portals, like all Mm -hmm. of them, than to just build something from scratch because it's already built. Um, That's true. I mean, and you see all these big brands coming into NFTs now, like Nike and Adidas and... and And these are like multi-billion, billion, billion dollar businesses. And we're talking the entire NFT collection right now is worth like maybe 20 million bucks. So just buy it. Like, that's that's what I would do. (laughs) I mean, you know, it's cool for, for, you know, people like me who have two of these NFTs and, you know, they're worth a few grand or whatever. If Nike wants to come in and buy my NFTs for like a hundred grand, cool. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, uh, and that's kind of the bet that you're playing with a lot of these things is you're betting that institutions come in and instead of building their own thing, they just invest in ones that are already built Mm, and then they build it out from there. And and, and you see that happen all the time in a real business. Well, I I don't want to call it a not real business, but like, and they'll (laughs) acquire a company for the tools they have instead of redeveloping, you know, like we see that with Cisco all the time. They're constantly acquiring other people, Meraki and um, their whole phone system architecture. They acquired that company and they're, I don't know who else, but a lot of them. Now, um, (laughs) yeah, pretty much all of them. Cisco's built on the backs of everyone else. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but it's smart, and that's why they're the the billion dollar business that they are. Um, yeah. Now I, I kind of want to pivot real quick to um, the future of uh, jobs with in, with this Web three architecture. Mm-hmm. So I mean, obviously you're making a course to not only just teach people how to do NFTs. It's just a mm-hmm. cool course, but yep. to build skills that can open up more doors for employment. Do you think the Web three is going to just change the landscape for development and everything we pretty much do? It already is. Um, There are a lot of developers out there, more on the Ethereum side than anything, uh, who are just... There's actually a mass exodus of Web 2 developers moving to Web 3 because there's just unbelievable amounts of money in it. Even in Solana, Mm. like you could be like a contract 
developer. This is very, very popular in the Solana ecosystem right now. There's really only like 50 or 60 good Solana developers out there right now, but we have hundreds of NFT projects launching all the time. Well, it's very easy to launch an NFT projects very quickly. So what these Solana developers are doing is they're just like, hey, pay me 10% of the mint price or whatever you make in, in mint whenever you sell out. Uh, and I'll get your mint site up and running in, you know, a day. Mm. Uh, so they're making tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands every couple days. So right now you're, you're, you're training an army of people that can do this <laughs> and they're going to make a killing. That's exactly it. Because <laughs> like there's just unbelievable amounts of money in it and web two developers know this so they're all transitioning to web three it's getting harder to help hire web two developers now um and there's honestly when you think i mean the blockchain side of things is complicated and scary but the website side of things where you connect your wallet and everything mm -hmm. it's already like open it's standardized to where in react you just like import phantom wallet and that's it so and then yeah. it's like once it then it's like mm. is wallet connected yes then get the wallet address and that's it like it's it's not hard so that's why all these web2 developers are like oh that's not hard i'm gonna go do that and make a lot more money so uh that's that's what's happening and what you find out with solana is that it's very hard to get started on solana because solana does things so differently um so that's why i'm making my course yeah, Very I think cool. it's, it's going to be successful, especially especially since you're the one of the first people to come to market with something like that, um, and and breaking it down. Like, and I I know your type of teaching, so you're going to break it down, make it entertaining, make it easy. Um, that's going to be cool. I want to check that out because I'm gonna, I want to build my own thing with that. Have some fun. And with we're people. we're we're doing a, an entirely new. We have this entirely new like content creation platform now, where instead of like it's not just video based training, there is a video for every video, I guess. But there's also like it's if you could imagine one website because you remember the the concept of skills. If you yeah, imagine, no, actually, I, I think I've seen this as you describe it because I remember um, Keith is posting some of his. Uh, he's posting some things on there now, like some yep, like networking basics or something something like that. Yeah, he did network plus in it. Um, mm. So I'm doing the exact same thing. I'm using this exact same platform. So you'll be able to follow along with code samples or commands that I run or have these additional resources, or I'll type something up to explain it in more detail, and then the accompanying video comes up so it just flows a lot better now and i think just everybody who's going to be new to solana will have an easier time listening and learning on it because it's just a better platform like and look i don't like change like i think you know me well enough to know that like when this came up i was like the one guy who's like please don't change the way i do work <laughs> yeah because uh, you got your process down man i like, got my process i'm gonna down. record 10 videos tomorrow morning and just gonna click 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 and <laughs> and that's it and then the owner sat down with me and he's like i want you to do your next set of videos using just this tool don't use obs don't use adobe just use just this tool and like i did it one time i was like oh that's better I'm going to do that from now on. <laughs> like, <laughs> thanks for making me do that. Um, so that's, so now I can just like, just melt through the content much that's quicker. Ex that's exciting. I, I can't wait to check that out. Um, now I, th I think we've kind of exhausted our, our, uh, our talking points here. And the cool thing about NFTs and, and, Solana and everything else is that next week we'll have 20,000 more things to talk about. So we'll definitely have to have yeah. you back on. Mm -hmm. um, now real quick, Knox, where can they find you? Where can they connect yeah, so you and learn more about what you do in, in NFTs? The, the easiest way to get at me is on Twitter, um, and that's at Knox underscore trades. Um, we'll have, that's we'll have that spend, on the screen here. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's where I do the majority of my, my activity. 
Um, I am on Discord, but I don't really use Discord very much. But the, if you want to try and reach me there, it's Knox Trades pound 2784 or hashtag 2784. I don't know what you want to call it, but gotcha. that's definitely the best two ways to get a hold of me. Cool. Good deal. And then, I, I mean, you have a, an incredible library of training on CBT Nuggets, so we'll link that below as well. Yep. Um, I, I'm pretty sure, like, at this point, half of CBT is your training. <laughs> <laughs> it is definitely a, a decent amount of content. I'll admit that this blockchain stuff has slowed me down quite a bit. Oh, yeah, I mean, because, like, before, you're you're basically teaching stuff that's so complementary to what you always teach. You're always learning something new when you teach something. But, yeah, if you're teaching Juniper, it's just a, just a cousin of Cisco. Um, yeah, yeah, blockchain is so different. So are, are you, like, have you abandoned all of standard IT? Are you going all in with blockchain now? I would like to focus more on blockchain and not just Solana, but, like, all the blockchains this year. Um, I would love to do Ethereum. I'd love to do Near. I'd love to do Luna. I'd love to do AVAX. Um, and once those are done, then I can say like, okay, well I did my part. Um, but also, like I said, I kind of mentioned it, that we're, we're kind of launching a new company to do this. Mm-hmm. And I think it'd be really fun to build out that catalog more too. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. Because yeah, right now it's all the, uh, the it's old nothing. format. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's just empty. It's all, <laughs> there's like a couple videos up there that the owner created and then my stuff is just pending, but my content will, my Solana content will be done hopefully this month. Is that site live? Like, I know it's demoed right now, but is it like, can you subscribe to it now? I think it is. Hang on. I, oh, well, I'd have to look it up. But yeah, I, I'll, I'll like DM you or something if it is. But I think yeah, we'll include like it a, link below. It, it's going to be called Forked One University. Forked mm-hmm. One? Forked One. Forked, like we, we forked the code. Mm-hmm. Forked okay, okay. One University. Interesting, interesting. Yep. I, I thought there was something called Adept, which I, I saw when I, when I so, checked uh, Keith's link he posted on Twitter. So that is the tool that we build on top of. It's oh, you, you okay. think of like CBT Nuggets uses Adept or Forked One University uses Adept. Oh, so this is a university that's using the Adept platform. Yeah. So oh, anybody gotcha. who wants to make training can use Adept. You can use mm. Adept, um, which mm. is cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're building our companies on top of Adept now. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. Well, Knox, dude, I think thank you so much for coming on today um, yeah, and, and sharing your knowledge with us. It's a crazy world that I mean, you're you're kind of you, we we are we are all early. You were extra early, mm-hmm. and it's it's fun to hear from someone who's so entrenched in it, and is and you are a leader in the community. I mean, I see like everyone depends on you. You're you're on a couple of DAOs too, aren't you? Uh, a few DAOs. Yep, the Alpha yeah. DAOs and uh, the community, like the Degen DAO. So I'm actually a an elected student council member of the Degen DAO. So there's 15 oh, okay. of us who kind of lead that group. I I just identified with the Degen Ape Academy and the Degen mm-hmm. Trash. I identified with them better than any other group. They're all a little bit older. They're at, there's actually like a channel for parents in there. Um, mm. Whereas like <laughs> most people in NFTs right now are in their like early 20s. Yeah. Um, so me being in my mid to late 30s, it was kind of like, ah, I'd like to find a group that's more my speed. Um, and, <laughs> t- and the DJs totally are that. that. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that, that's good to know. That there's a space for everyone. Uh, yeah. It sounds like if you're over 40, then you might be a little alone. But yeah, it sounds, <laughs> it sounds like it's like me. Like I, I, I'm 32 now, and I do struggle to to totally get the things that are coming up and the stuff that's new. But so it's good yeah. to know there's there's a space for me. Here, here. We'll, we'll, we'll let you go. Thanks again, guys. Make sure you go follow Knox at wherever he's at. Check out his training his YouTube channels, a lot of stuff you can check out with Knox. He's always producing content like at an insanely rapid pace. You're, you're one of the fastest learners and creators I've ever encountered. So yeah, it'll be a treat for anyone who wants to learn something quickly. 
<laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks All for right. having me. It's been a Absolutely. blast. Take care.